Hey, yo, what's going on? Happy Monday, fellas, 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 ladies, gentlemen, all of you out there. I hope you're having a fantastic start to your week. Maybe you're watching this on a Tuesday or Wednesday. You're getting up early on a Thursday, whatever it might be. Hopefully, you're having a great week right now. We got a new event. It's the playoffs, the yoss, as we're going to call them. If you're out there and you're trying to be trendy these days, I'm sure I didn't start this. I'm sure I've heard this from a friend or I've seen it all over social media or something, but you're calling them the yoffs, all right? We're in the yoffs right now for golf, and it's probably the most underrated yoffs because look they don't really care too much about this to fedex points they got weird systems the tour championships in a couple of weeks there's only 30 golfers they change up the rules every single week next week there's going to be no cut with 70 golfers and no cut with 30 right so it's kind of wonky but if you're a golf fan it's fun it's different right it's energizing it's not we've had for like the last two or three months really good golf for the most part we've had a lot of differences between wgc's and majors and not just 155 person field every single week with mediocre fields this pandemic has really just brought out the best players almost every single week and now we're going to get that for three more weeks in the playoffs and then the majors are going to come up and then there'll be a little bit of a break or so and there'll be a little bit time down but then the masters come back in october the fall masters this year the leaves will be turning maybe it'll be nice we'll end up seeing but yeah we're here right now hopefully you're having a great week like button that one's for me this video this video in this time the next 30 minutes is for you it's yours whether you're driving whether you're in your office with your headphones and whatever it might be you're, you're relaxing you're at the gym whatever it might be it's for you but the like button big old one if you could hit that on the youtube channel and the subscribe button big old one if you're watching on the video bottom right hand corner really goes a long way with showing my content to more people potentially some bigger companies maybe a nudge nudge somebody from DraftKings. if you're watching this or you got connections will finally come out and sponsor the channel for us we can put out all the patreon stuff for free at that point if DraftKings wants to come over here and do your boy a favor but anyways if you're watching on the podcast you could also leave a rate and review for a chance to win 50 dollars and just subscribe because it's a good thing to do if you appreciate this content if you think it enjoys parts of your day or helps you with your actual process which is the goal to be both entertaining and informing well then the least you can do is hit that free subscribe button and the like button on whatever platform you are listening on today. So we're at the Northern Trust this week. We are at TPC Boston. Man, I love Boston. Boston's such a good city. I mean, I'm a New Yorker originally. I live in North Carolina now, Raleigh, but Boston is such a beautiful city. I love it every time I've been there. The weather, that's kind of a bitch. So just go in the summer, but it's a good time. So TPC Boston, it's a little over 7,300 yards. It's going to play as a par 71. So what that normally means is when you're in the 7,300 yard range, par 71, it's going to be a little bit longer than what we've seen at some of these par 70s as of late. You're going to need to have some distance, but that's not it. It kind of relates to what you saw last week. Although last week was a lot of just irons and putting, right? You didn't need distance. This week can be those irons and putting. You're going to need to rely on your long irons if that's the way you're going to go about it. But the bombers will have an advantage, right? The bombers don't need to worry as much about their long irons because if you're just hitting it an extra 50 yards off the tee, or in Bryson's case, an extra 100 yards off the tee compared to some of these guys, your long irons aren't going to matter that much. You're honestly just going to be playing on approach shots that are much, much shorter. Most of the shots here will be around like 175 to 200 yards on approach. But if you are somebody like Bryson or Brooks or somebody, DJ, these guys that are better off the tee, you're going to be in a situation where you're hitting a lot of your approach shots around 150 maybe, and it just makes it a lot easier, less than 150 even. So lots of ways to win this event, but definitely if you have distance off the tee, you will be at an advantage, or at least it'll be a little bit easier on you for your second shot. And the cut line is going to vary, but last year it was plus three. The year before that, it was plus four. You saw an even in 2016 at this type of event, right? The, the, the track and the event name has changed a little bit. Then you saw a lot of plus fours in 2015 and 2014. So it maybe will play a little bit difficult. We'll actually end up seeing they've changed this around quite a bit. 
bit now because they went from four playoff events last year to three. The schedule's been a little bit thrown off. We don't have course history. It's going to pop off as 2019 in my sheet. I just have to move that over. All the course history for 2019 shouldn't be there, at least from this specific event. Dell Championship was a past name and just some other stuff. So all the stats for the providers that I usually going to pull over a little bit differently. There's three par fives on this course. They're three of the four easiest holes on the course. So par five scoring is definitely I'm going to be looking into. If you're not scoring on these par fives, you're probably going to be at a big disadvantage this week. There's also three par fours that are very difficult this week, more so than you're normally going to see, where there's actually four par fours and three of them are over 200 yards. Only one of them is below 200, which is normally where like an average par three is. So a little bit more difficult of the par threes. Par fives are easier. So you're going to have to make your doing those par fives. And if you can pick up things on these par threes, maybe we weight that a little bit higher, but really I just want to make sure people are dominating the par fives this week because that's where a lot of your scoring and eagle opportunities even are going to come from. So the field notes, this is week one of the playoffs. It's 125 person field. There is a cut. It's the only cut of the playoffs. Next week will be a 70 person. Then the tour championship, I believe is only 30 people. You have Patrick Reed defending his championship here at this event last year, at least it's just like in name at least, but you have Reed. He's won twice. There's eight past winners at this event here. It's going to be all over the place. Like I said, because of different tracks, changing up some things with just different tournaments, different weeks. So it's a little bit different. Tiger makes it six start of the season has not played this well this year, but it's reflected in DraftKings in the 8k range that we'll get to. It's reflected in his betting odds around 40 to one opening in most spots. And then some of my key stats before we get into the, the salary ranges, as we normally do the, the 10k plus the nine, the eight, the seven, the six, all that stuff, right? 125 people. So a little bit less to cover 30 to 35 less than we normally are covering the key stats. I'm going to be looking at strokes gain approach. I'm going to be waiting off the tee. So off the tee and approach are just ball striking. That's what the stat is combining those. So I'm going to be looking at ball striking this week, a good amount waiting that probably almost the highest. I am going to be looking at short game and putting. Um, we always normally do. It is variant, but last week it was very important and kind of past winners. This week it's not going to be as important, but it's going to look pretty similar. So we'll wait that some more than I do on average, but nothing compared to what I did last week. Strokes gain approach. I have 200 plus yards, but I think 175 to 200 might be a better indicator. There'll just be more opportunities in that range. The 200 plus yards are just going to have more yardage on them because they're 200 plus yards. But mainly a lot of the shots will actually come from the 175 to 200 for an individual golfer. So that's where I'll look for the approach. And it's going to set up pretty similar to last week in terms of the fairways are easier to hit the greens and regulations uh, compared to tour average are easy to hit and now you're actually going to have a spot where you can open it up a little bit more the way that the course is designed so since it is a par 71 7300 yards and there's easy fairways to hit guys are just going to start bombing it because there's not as much risk of going just into the woods or into some types of uh, water right any type of hazards it's going to be easy to hit these fairways might as well open it up so i'm going to be looking at the ball striking because of that you off the tee but just in general it's going to cater to a lot of good players if you can hit the fairways and you have any type of good long irons it's going to help you at that point. So I do think that any type of player can win here easier for the bombers because of the fact that they're not going to be penalized as much. They're going to be incentivized to just open it up and bomb this thing. So let's start in the 10k plus range and the 10k plus range is sponsored by Superdraft. Superdraft has a oof, a very good offer for the people who support my content. It's always been $10 free upon deposit, right? Sal, promo code Sal, S-A-L. We have Superdraft with the multiplier format, right? So it's not just salary cap. You can play any single golfer. You can play the top golfers that you want. But if Justin Thomas only has a 1x multiplier on his fantasy points compared to let's just say Webb Simpson has a 1.3x, then he's going to get 30% more points, Webb Simpson. So that's where the strategy of, okay, what do these guys' actual projections look like? I will have projections linked down below on Patreon as well. So you can check those out, but it is going to be an interesting format. I like the format a lot. Their golf contests only feel like 50 or 60% because everybody is so uh, focused on the MLB and the NBA contest from that specific day on Thursday. And they lock earlier in the morning that people forget. So honestly, you're getting very good overlay and no rake on Superdraft for a lot of their main contests for golf. Again, they've only filled like 50 or 60% of the time, the last couple of contests that I played. So be sure to check it out. But not only do you get the 10 free dollars using the promo code Sal, S-A-L, go ahead, download the app. It's a good app right now. You get an extra 50% deposit bonus for my users only up to $1,000. So if you're putting in the minimum of $10, they'll give you an extra 
extra $10 and then $5 for that 50% deposit bonus. Your $10 starting is actually $25. And obviously, if you want to put in $100, you're a heavy hitter. You want to put in the full thousand, $100, you're going to get an extra $50 back, $1,000 all the way up to that $500. So just check it out, whatever you want to do over there, promo code SAL, $10 free and a 50% deposit match up to $1,000 Ruskies. And with that all out of the way, let's get it going right now with the 10K and above range, which we have six guys at $10,000 and above, two above $11,000. And if we want to just start with the guys above $11,000 right now, it's Justin Thomas and Bryson. I'm probably going to lean Bryson here, mainly because of the distance. It's kind of a cop out. Like JT has distance on him. You have JT playing obviously very well. He's had a second place finish at the workday where he probably should have won. I mean, Morikawa was just unconscious. He kind of blundered a little bit down the stretch to force that uh, playoff hole where Morikawa ends up winning. Memorial, he plays fine at a tough course, finishes first at the WGC, and then he was just very meh at the PGA Championship after not playing last week. So JT is fine. I mean, you can blow stars and scrubs here easily. The 6K range is going to have studs in it. Like, I mean, not, not studs, but guys who were like $8,000 a couple weeks ago. Rory Sabatini is in like the mid 6K range this week, right? You have guys like Sebastian Munoz at the minimum price this week. So those are guys who can score. All they got to do is make the cut. It's easier to make the cut this week since there's less golfers. So yeah, I am very much enticed to go at any price range. But if you wanted to play Justin Thomas and Bryson this week, there's a way for that to happen when guys like Sebastian Munoz and guys down there in that range that can score are in the low 6K range or damn near the flat minimum. And we'll get to those guys. But if you're telling me to pick between one of these players, it's going to be Bryson for me. You've had a lot of tracks as of late where Bryson's skill set overall is not setting up as nicely, right? And even on those tracks, he's still performing nicely. I mean, he wins the Rocket Mortgage where he was like a six to one, six and a half to one favorite. He finishes fourth at PGA. That PGA event was the first one in a little bit of some time that we actually had maybe about a month or a month and a half or so where the driving distance was really going to help him. Now he sets up at another track where the driving distance is going to help him. WGC at St. Jude, he was finishing 30th. Even at venues where the driving distance really wasn't going to help him. He was winning. He was finishing top 10. Last time we saw him at the PGA, finishes fourth. He just lights it up there, gains five strokes putting. He's one of the best putters in this field right now. He ranks out in this field third in putting. So not only are you getting the best player off the tee, the best player overall in the field for distance reasons, the number one player in strokes game total. He's a top five player in pretty much every category you look at with the ball striking. Now he's probably one of the best, if not the best putter in this field over the last two months of the season since the restart. So yes, Bryson is somebody I expect to pick up ownership because it's so easy to get to him. And I'm going to like Bryson if we're going from the above $11,000 range. And honestly, I'll make him a yes right now. I have JT as a no, but he's not supposed to be a no. It's just about if I had to pick one player, I'll go because of price. All these guys at $10,000 and above right now are just in play for me. I'm not fading any of them. They're all playing fine. Honestly, Rory is the one who's playing the worst as of late. But at a $10,000, 800 price point, this sets up perfectly for him with his driving distance, third off the tee, second overall in strokes gain total. He's playing poorly for what people expect out of him. And then another guy to call out in the $10,000 range. I'm not going to talk on every single player out of these 125. I will have rankings and projections in a closing thoughts podcast on Wednesday on my Patreon, where I also have every single day NBA projections and content. And the NFL starting in three weeks will have DFS content for that as well. So if you want to support me, whether you bink a big contest or you actually just want that information, this is not a charity. I'm actually putting out a lot of content over there, rankings, models, projections, a lot of stuff to prepare you to see exactly where I am for this week and where I think the optimal approach to playing is. You can check that out, link down below over on Patreon. But John Rahm's playing fine. We obviously just saw him win the Memorial, a very difficult contest, and he doesn't play as well as the WGC. He kind of finishes some of the worst positioning, 52nd overall. A lot of things let him down. It was his approach. It was a short game because of the around the green. But then last week, we see him come out and he gains damn near 10 strokes overall. He finishes 13th. It was actually two weeks ago at the PGA Championship. Never seemed like he would win the thing, but he kind of backdoored his way into a top 15. Only thing that let him down a little bit was the putter, but nothing drastic. He's playing very well. It's just a price tag. $10,000 is way too cheap for the fifth rank off the tee player, third ranked overall 
strokes gain total player in this field. The driving distance is obviously there for him. The irons and the putting might be the only thing that's a concern. The ball striking is top 10 in this field. A lot of that comes from his off the tee play. He's one of these bombers I was talking about that if their approach play is not as good, it's not going to matter as much because their their overall off the tee play and their ball striking then combines with that kind of weights out the approach a little bit. Same thing can be said for Bryson. His approach play is his weakest part of his game right now outside of maybe his around the green, but it's going to be completely diluted down because his approach is not going to be as needed from a long irons perspective. Same thing for John Rahm. So I'm kind of targeting those players that I'm not too worried about their approach as much because the ball striking is really going to be kind of impacted and waiting from what they can do with their drivers. $10,000 tag for John Rahm. I like a lot. I mean, Morikawa, we've seen win twice since the restart at really difficult venues as well. So obviously he just came off the major championship win. He kind of has the entire package here. He can do it when it comes to the distance. He's the number one ball striker in the world. So this is what you're looking for on this course. So he's obviously in play. I don't want to rank it because it's so early in the week. Ownership's really going to matter. Their projections are going to look very similar. If I had to guess where my ownership personally comes in out of 150 lineups, it's going to be across all six of these guys. Right now, I don't plan on fading any of them. The guys that I like the least in this range is probably Dustin Johnson, to be honest with you. And even his price point is fair. And if the ownership is only going to be like 15% and he's the lowest owned, then he comes as a guy that I like. I like Bryson. I like John Rahm. I like Morikawa, probably the three most out of that. And then Rory. But again, that's, I guess, me ranking it quickly. Uh, JT five and then Dustin Johnson six. But all these guys I'm going to have ownership towards. I expect a lot of my lineups start with one or two of these guys and then go down into the eight, the nine K range after that, because the six K range is just easy to play those guys because they're good players. And it's a higher percentage chance that they actually make the cut than normal due to there being 30 less golfers in this field. So let's move to the nine K range now. And if I'm looking for guys that have similar opportunity or just similar skill sets to what I'm looking for, similar things to Bryson, similar things to John Rahm can do it off the tee, can do it with their distance, but also have the irons to bail them out. I mean, ball striking wise, having both the iron play with approach, but also having the off the tee play, that's going to be very good. I mean, I think Xander stands out. He's kind of priced up though. I don't really have an interest at 20 to one Vegas odds, $9,700. I like that, but it's pretty rare that you see Xander priced higher than Patrick Cantley. It doesn't happen often. So I'm going to lean to get to Patrick Cantley here at $9,200 over Xander, but I think both are definitely in play. Jason Day has been playing fantastic. Webb just had another top five at his home course. He's playing fantastic. So a lot of guys coming in in good form. I think I'm still going to be a little bit hesitant on Jason Day. I haven't put a no yet. Out of everything $9,000 and above, they've all been interesting to me. And Jason Day's form right now is looking very good. So even he's been interesting to me, but I'm going to put him at as a no just for now. I like Cantley more than him. I like Xander more than him. I even like Webb more than him. But maybe the guy I like the most, it might actually be Patrick Cantley, but maybe the guy I like the most is Brooks at $9,100. Just missed the cut at the Wyndham. Just wasn't playing well. He lost four strokes putting with the putter. So he ended up losing that many strokes. He missed the cut. You don't play well. I'm hoping this lowers his ownership because the price point is just way too low. His Vegas odds coming into this thing were also way too low, in my opinion. In some spots, you can get him boosted up to like 30, 33 to one. He's bet down in a lot of books to 25, 22 to one right now, but you can still find it out there if you use some odds checker sites. But I like Brooks here. He always competes pretty well in these events. His four strokes putting is nothing really different. Like you're just getting bad putting out of him pretty much the entire time that he's returned. The Charles Schwab back in June, he gained almost five strokes and he had a pretty hot stretch going top 10 at the RBC the week after that. If the putter's at all there and you're going to need it to be there, you're going to be looking pretty nicely. But what I like is obviously his distance off the tee is going to help him, but his approach play and his irons have been fantastic. And that's really going to bail him out here if he ever has anything in terms of inaccuracy or doesn't have a good drive because he's now gained strokes on approach in four straight contests. 
And he's just been very well overall with ball striking and approach. So I do actually like him and I'm hoping he comes in lower owned. If he's coming in higher owned, normally Patrick Cantley, I would assume Patrick Cantley and Xander soak up a lot of the ownership in this range. And I think it leaves Brooks a little bit less owned. We'll see. Then I actually think he should be than his expected ownership. So I like Brooks right now. I'd rank it for GPPs. If indeed we get that lower ownership on Brooks, Brooks, Cantley and Xander that I like in this range. I'll have ownership to Webb. I'll have ownership to Patrick Reed. Reed playing very well as of late. You saw his irons click last week a little bit. So something to monitor moving forward as we're not normally used to seeing. We're known for his putting, his short game overall. But now we're getting in back-to-back contests that his irons have been clicking. So he's gained strokes overall with his irons in back-to-back contests. His putter has been very hot, gaining strokes in four straight. So Patrick Reed at $9,000, who has had success as well, a bunch of top tens in these tour championship playoff events. He's a guy that I do like as well. Um, All the men play. I probably get the least Webb at 9,500 and the least Jason Day, just for how they set up for this course. After that, it's probably going to be Brooks, Cantley, Xander, and Patrick Reed. I think the 9K range is very strong. If you want to get completely different, fading the entire 10K range, Range. Let's just say you're playing one lineup and 150 lineups. That's a very dumb idea, in my opinion. But fading the entire 10K range in one lineup is a fine option because you can play Cantley and Brooks and start there, and you have a very good lineup, in my opinion. And not a lot of people are going to fade the 10K range. So if I'm playing for like my higher stake single entry stuff, I might consider just fading the entire 10K range and starting at the 9K range. And 150 lineups, I'm definitely not doing it. So now we move into the 8K range now, where I do like some other guys. Tony Finau is just going to be a guy I continue to get to. Top 10 overall right now in his last 50 rounds in this field in strokes gain total. He's a guy who checks out off the tee. He's a guy who checks out on approach. He's going to be a borderline top 10 ball striker in this field. The distance really helps him here. The putter is the thing that you have to just wait a little bit, but it's been very, very good since the restart. I mean, he's gained strokes putting in like his last four contests, maybe not overall since the restart, but even when he's losing strokes, he's losing 0.7 and 0.1 strokes since the restart putting. And that's it. He's gained in four straight events. He's just playing so well right now. You don't even need him to win the narrative on him winning or not. $8,800 right now at his price tag is enough for him to go top 15 and just score a decent amount of points for you at that point. He's had really good showing at the Memorial in eighth, a fourth of the PGA championship. I like him in this venue, a smaller field for him as well. Tony Finau is the first guy in the eight K range that really stands out. I don't really have much interest in Tiger right now. It's worth mentioning though, because everybody loves Tiger. He has looked somewhat decent when you look at the PGA championship and kind of turning a corner a little bit, everything looked okay. He just didn't go low. He wasn't catastrophic like he was when we saw him in February at the Genesis losing eight strokes putting like we saw at the Memorial where he barely made makes the cut and he's not too good around the green all that much. He's not too good in the short game. This last time that we saw him at the PGA, everything was clicking. Everything looked good. Just nothing was spectacular. So maybe this is the slow steps to getting to Tiger. I'm assuming he's going to be high owned at $8,700. If he's not, then yeah, I'll start to slide to him. But assuming that his name is Tiger Woods and everybody likes playing him and he's going to be bet up a ton in the betting markets. And I assume a lot of people play him in DFS. Maybe I'm wrong, but if that's the case, I'm not going to get there. I would just lean to Tony Finau. Maybe it's flipped. Maybe I could see Finau, his recent play uh, as of late, getting more ownership than Tiger, but we'll see. Adeki's going to just continue to be a no for me because I just feel like I print money when I don't play Hideki, right? I feel like the people who do play Hideki are just always in a headache and always hate that they're playing Hideki. Look, the best possible performances that you get from Hideki are like 20th place, right? I mean, like the best performances that you're getting from Hideki are when he finishes like 20th at this point because of how bad the putter is. He did gain strokes putting last week. So he gained over a stroke putting last week. That was the first time that we have on track record of him gaining over a stroke putting since last August. So the first time in one year that he gained over a stroke putting that we have data for, some of these events don't have shot link. That's the first time that we have that. I don't really want to bank on it happening back-to-back weeks. He also gained 5.2 strokes on approach. 5.2 strokes gained on approach was the fifth highest of his entire career. So he obviously short game-wise had one of the best performances of his career last year. And this was not last week, actually. This was two weeks ago at the PGA. So maybe you say that it continues at a track that is not as similar, maybe distance-wise is. But for me, Hideki, I'm just going to be out on him right now. Paul Casey, I can get to. Adam Scott's a guy that I'm looking for here. He's top 20 in distance. I think he's borderline top 15. He might be 14th overall in 
distance in this field. You know what he can do on approach. You know what he can do around the greens, which will help a little bit always. So yeah, I like Adam Scott this week at 8,400. He's probably the guy like the second most just on first look as we're doing this before I do any type of projections with Tony Finau in this range. After that, you can get to a lot of different pieces. Tommy Fleetwood struggling, but at 8,300, it's okay. I'll look at it. I'll get some. Hovland's fine. Scotty Scheffler fits the bill of just a guy who can score and also has distance. And I think that's a fair price tag. I'm going to change Hatton to a maybe. He hasn't been playing as well the last two times we've seen him at the WGC, finishing close to dead fucking last, 69th, missing the cut at the PGA Championship. Just a short game has fallen apart. He's not a guy who has the most distance on him. So I'd prefer, honestly, just saying Scotty Scheffler over Hatton feels dirty, but I like the profile of how that sets up a little bit for him here. Let's go to the 7K range now. And as we do, hit the like button on this video. Big ol' subscribe button if you want to support me over on Patreon. That is much, much, much appreciated. So with that said, all of that out of the way, let's get into the 7K range now where there's a lot of guys in the upper tier range that look very appealing in my opinion. Normally, these guys who miss the 8K range by literally one or $2,000 start to become pretty attractive to a lot of people. Paul Casey sometimes finds himself in this range. Scotty Scheffler does a lot of the time. And what you're getting right now is Gary Woodland at $7,800, a guy who does have distance on him, a guy who, when you look at him overall from the putting perspective, the approach perspective, he's going to look pretty good. So I would imagine that a lot of people get to Gary Woodland. Let me lower this a little bit so we can see the entire thing of strokes gained data. There you go. I'd assume a lot of people start to own Gary Woodland, normally a popular name. So I like Gary Woodland, but at the exact same price tag, exact same price tag is Matthew Wolf. So yes, Gary Woodland is a fine play in my opinion. I mean, he had been extremely, extremely hot with the putter. He gained strokes putting. I think it was in like nine straight contests. And he finally lost a stroke and a half putting last week or two weeks ago at the PGA championship, finished 58th. We haven't really seen great format of him since the Memorial where he kind of got some things clicking, barely made the cut at the work game, then finished his top five, had to get an eagle down the stretch. So Woodland's game's kind of been all over the place right now. Off the tee is his biggest concern. He has distance, but the accuracy is not going to matter as much this week. So I actually do think it makes Woodland a better player than people think, but then the ownership jumps onto him if that's going to be the case because of his name value in the 7k range, and he might not be as good of a play. So right now, without factoring in ownership, I like him. But I think a guy that might go under the radar because he's projected right next to Gary Woodland is Matthew Wolf. And Matthew Wolf has been very good as of late. He's also not picking up ownership after coming off of just 2% owned at the PGA Championship, 10% the week before that, a lot of single digit ownership mixed around that. But you have Matthew Wolf. Just in general, Matthew Wolf is a fine putter. I mean, he ranks right now in this field 52nd in putting. So that's well above average. And you're going to get people thinking that he's a terrible putter. No, he's bad around the green, which I'd rather have the putting clicking than the around the green at this contest where the irons matter. And the irons aren't going to be as much there for Matthew Wolf, but it's very similar to the John Robb and the Bryson narrative. Their irons are an elite, but they're off the tee game and their driver is pretty damn good. And Matthew Wolf ranks 13th in this field and off the tee. The things that have been letting him down are his putter. At the PGA Championship, he finished fourth and he just had a catastrophic day down the stretch putting. He lost overall two strokes and two and a half strokes around the green and putting combined. His approach play was firing. He's gained strokes on approach in four straight contests. So even though the last 50 rounds have not looked good for him on approach, about an average approach approach player in this field, he looks very good over the last month of contests. His biggest weapon is his off the tee. He's only lost strokes off the tee twice since the restart. And one of them was a couple weeks back at the WGC where he lost like 0.9 strokes, so nothing major there. So I like the off the tee. I like the way the approach play is looking right now. And he's a fine putter. He just hasn't been putting as well as last one or two events. So Matthew Wolf is a guy that if he comes in with lower ownership than Gary Woodland, and I'm expecting Gary Woodland to pull some ownership. Some of the Spieth guys who just love Jordan Spieth will get some, I don't know, six to eight to 10% ownership there. Ricky Fowler's in this range. Billy Horschel had a good showing last week. Wolf might be the lowest owned guy in the 78 to $7,900 range. And if that's the case, I already like him maybe the most already. I like him even more then. Slide down now to Answer, who's just fine in distance and off the tee. Nothing elite, nothing terrible at $7,700. He's been very consistent. He'll hit every single fairway here. He normally is going to hit most of the fairways. Now it's even easier to. He's 11th overall in strokes gain total. He maps out very well in lots of places. He's top 25 off the tee. He's top 25 ball striking. Answer should probably be and arguably could be like an 
$8,500 golfer this week for how consistent he is pretty much everywhere. Like around the green is his worst spot, but his putting still fine to bail him out in some of those spots. His irons are good enough to not put him in a lot of situations where he needs to rely on an elite around the green skill set for this this tournament and just overall in his career, at least this year and how he's been playing recent form wise. So answer I like. I think I like Woodland, Wolf, and answer from the $7,500 and above range the most. And honestly, Wolf is probably the guy I'm looking at the most, then answer, then Woodland. There's guys I'll have pieces of. Cameron Champs, it's hard to ignore his overall accuracy plus his driving distance right now, and it's going to be even easier. Second overall off the tee player behind Bryson in this field. You look at his ball striking, it's 14th, not because of the approach, because of how good he is with the off the tee play. Everywhere else, he's pretty much below average to bad. Tee to green will be helped out by his off the tee, but putting in short game, not great. So some shares maybe, but Harris English continues to be consistent. He's 7,600. He looks decent. Prefer the other guys I mentioned before. Doc Redman, the putter, got a little bit hot last week, then kind of fell apart on Sunday. I had a ticket on him that I couldn't end up cashing, but that's fine. Benny Ann fits the bill here if you're looking at every single thing except putting. Benny Ann ranks 122nd out of 125 golfers in this field with putting. His short game is going to be a little bit better when you factor in overall around the green play, where he's 10th overall. Player profile is wild in this guy. He's very good when it comes to around the green. Obviously, we know what the irons can do, but he's not so good putting. So he'll be in play a little bit. I think that as you scroll down a little bit more, I actually like Neiman this week. So Neiman and Tom Lewis are down here. I like Tom Lewis as a yes right now, just because of the price point. He has distance on him. He's 23rd in this field in strokes gained total over his last 50 rounds. At $7,000 flat, I prefer him to the other guys down there in Max Homa and Fratelli, who's been playing well for Telly. Give me Tom Lewis, who's also been playing very well. And then I like Neiman. At $7,200, I'm fine taking the risk on Neiman as a guy who can definitely miss the cut in this field and hasn't been playing all that well as of late since his fifth place at the RBC Heritage, where he had the chance to win that event. 63rd, 31st, missed cut, 52nd, missed cut, 42nd, right? This is the best performance that he's coming off of at the Wyndham in a while. He still just cannot putt. He's gained strokes putting more than a stroke putting once since the restart. He gained 2.3 at the Charles Schwab, the first event back, but he has not gained one or more strokes since then. He's losing a lot of strokes. He just leaks with the putter. That's the concern. If you get the one week out of the five or six weeks that he gained strokes putting at all, even if it's a half a stroke, Neiman probably makes the cut and plays good enough for you here. He has everything else that kind of fits the bill that you're looking for at this price tag of $7,200. It's normally harder to find these types of guys with the ball striking ability that he has. It just comes down to the fact that he's like a bottom five putter in this field. I'll lean to get to Neiman over the Benny Ann's and stuff. I'm just looking for the cheapest skill set of this Neiman slash Grio type of player down here who can't putt. Grio is actually the worst player, 125th out of 125th right now in putting. So if I had to pick one of these atrocious putters between Benny M, Grio, and Neiman, I'd actually go with Neiman right now. Uh, again, if you have a stance against that, that's fine. Tom Lewis at $7,000 after that. You can see some of the X's means maybes. I like them a little bit. Those are guys that right now I don't have interest to, but I have to build down deeply into this as salaries just came out, get a little bit deeper into it as the week goes on. And I project out my players again, available on Patreon. To the 6K range we go. I like Lucas Glover. He has distance on him. It's honestly just playing the distance. The putting's not going to be there all that much for him, but he's a good ball striker because he's good off the tee. He's borderline top 30, both off the tee and an approach. So that at least fits the bill a little bit. So I think Glover's fine at $6,900 playing well as of late. You got guys down here have just been competing so much lately. Sam Burns has been competing. I'll also call it that you can support Super Draft because you support me. If you want to do that, go ahead and check them out again. Promo code Sal, they're sponsoring all these price ranges, the 6K cheapies range if you want, because you don't got to play these guys. Or if you do, they have a huge multiplier over on Super Draft. So every single time I look at the leaderboard, Sam Burns is playing well. He was in my main lineup last week. I just continue to get the Sam Burns because he's playing so damn well. And not only do you have the putting ability out of him, but if the off the tee is going to be weighted a little bit more this week, Sam Burns is a top 15 player right now in this field and off the tee play. Similar things can be said for the guy after him and Corey Connors, both $6,900. Connors had a heartbreaking way to miss the cut last week, but Connors is just a bad putter. Very similar to the Neiman group I was just talking about with Benny Ann and Grio. They can do a lot of things well with their irons, just really bad putting. So I still prefer Neiman there, even if he is a little bit more expensive. I prefer Sam Burns a lot to Corey Connors at 6,900. This range is very appealing. Glover, Sam Burns, and 
Connors. I'll have interest in all of them. Sam Burns continues to play so well, like I said, a 13th last week, and he really is playing so well. Since his miscut at the RBC, a 24th, a 30th, a 17th, a 32nd, and a 13th. Pretty much for a guy who's always in the 7K range, the low 7K, and mainly in the 6K range. So I'm going to go back to Sam Burns here. Profiles out nicely. I'm actually going to make him a yes right now. I might even prefer him. A lot of these guys don't pick up a ton of ownership. His ownership as of late has been 7, 22 at the 3M because he was more expensive that week. There wasn't a good field. Then 3, 7, and 0. So in these types of fields, you rarely get Sam Burns above 5% owned. I think he sets up pretty nicely just profile-wise and how he's playing as of late here. So Burns is somebody that I'll actually prefer to Glover. Going down a little bit more, you have the Kevin Na, who's always going to be a concern, right? Kevin Na is always going to be scary. When you look at Kevin Na at 6,800, he just stands out like a sore thumb in my opinion. It's hard not to see Kevin Na down here. The back problems are always going to be there. He has been very shaky as of late. Maybe the back has been something to do with that. But when you actually get this guy to play a full round, this is where he's finished. Fifth, ninth, 35th, and then the missed cut, right? He's had withdrawals in there, which have not been great. But if he just plays, and if he's just able to actually play this year, he has a ton of upside. He has three top tens this year, but he's played. He's only been able to finish like the entire event and will include the missed cuts in there like eight times this year. So he's a guy at $6,800 that if he just plays well, he's going to stand out. He's a number two putter in this field. He's going to be fine around the green. His off the tee is not good here, but the price point's enough for me to look at it. I probably still prefer guys like Sam Burns. And then this range is just loaded. So I have interest in a lot of these guys from Kokrak to Streelman to Lanto Griffin, as I always do, Tringale, Adam Long. All these guys are in play. None of them stand out as much. As we get a little bit lower here, Norlander at $6,600 is way too cheap compared to where he was last year and how he finished. He's fine off the tee too. So like Norlander and Sabatini, both at 66 and 6,500. I'll put them both as yeses for now because I think they're both pretty good in this range. I think they're both playing very well as of late. They both set up fine here. If you're looking at Sabs, he's going to be a little bit worse off the tee than a guy in Norlander, but Sabs is also going to have a better around the green play. Maybe it makes up for it. I think I prefer Norlander for $100 more. Into the very, very cheap range we go. And I'm going to say Monkey Knife Fight is the second sponsor of this video. Use the promo code SALNFL. They're prop bets, right? So you can take the over-under using my projections on Patreon or just any projections that you have for their fantasy points, for their overall, how many birdies, whatever it might be for their contest. Check them out. If you use the promo code SALNFL, S-A-L-N-F-L, you just get five bucks. No strings attached. You don't have to do anything except make an account. No credit card information needed. $5 is what you get. You can go make a prop bet. You can turn that five into 15 if you do some of their plus 300 type of prop bets. Getting three props right, a parlay type of thing. You know the deal if you've been into it. And if not, check it out. It's very fun. But if you do make a minimum deposit of just 10 bucks, you get that $5 still. So 15 now you have. You get an extra ticket that's normally like a $5 value. So let's just say $20 now total in site credit. And then you get my Supreme Draft Guide for the NFL season. Spent a ton of time on that. Top 150s, 150 plus player profiles right around there. Got a bunch of key stats on there. Rankings, PPR, non-PPR, all the whole schmeal, tiers. Check it all out as the fantasy football season is coming up. As you're watching this, you might be drafting within a week or two because the season starts in damn near three weeks. So be sure to check it out. You'll get five free dollars and then you can get those other perks if you deposit a minimum of $10 rooskies. Below the $6,500 range, there's still good options down here. You have Tom Hogue who's playing well, who just like was the first round leader and just went absolutely berserk on Thursday. You have Mav McNeely who can definitely putt and get hot. If you're looking for guys who have a little bit of distance on them, Bryce Garnett is pretty solid everywhere. His approach play is a spot that will hurt him. But again, like we've had with some of these other guys we're talking about, if their distance is going to be good and relative to some of the guys down here, 42nd overall in this field, that's a spot where you can see some upside. You saw it a little bit, 26 at a weaker field to the 3M. Look, this is one of the guys in the 6K range that deserves to be down here, but there's some guys who probably don't. Sepp Strzok is going to have distance on him. He's been putting very well as of late. Sepp Strzok at $6,300. I'm actually going to make Sepp a yes because he's probably $1,000 on their price. There's always a guy who comments on these videos and goes, you don't like Sepp Strzok at $7,700? No, I don't like him at that price point. But now me and you can sing Kumbaya together as we both enjoy him. I assume you enjoy him still. Seem like a big fan, always betting him. But Sepp Strzok at $6,300. I like that. More guys down here in Poston. Tyler Duncan's going to grade out a little bit when it comes to just the off the tee. 
compared to other guys like Graham McDowell's probably the worst driver in this field when it comes to off the tee strokes gained. So I'm actually going to probably make him a no. When it comes to approach, he has a little bit of approach play, but not enough of eliteness to make up for that relative to the rest of the field. Carlos Ortiz is only $6,200 Ruskies. So uh, if you are following along with the drinking game of the dollar Ruskies that somebody made up on Twitter, now we've seen three of them. I won't say the word again, dollar Ruskies. There you go. You got four. So now you're a little bit tipsy, maybe getting drunk if you're a little bit of a lightweight like myself, no shame in that. But $6,200, you get Carlos Ortiz who grades out fine everywhere. The one spot where you're probably not going to get Ortiz as well is the spot that is a little bit concerning when it comes to off the tee, but he's not catastrophic there. He's probably still like borderline top 100. So he's not in the bottom, bottom of the field, but he does have better skill sets when it comes to around the green. And his approach play is probably some of the best down here, if not the best outside of maybe Matthew Naismith. Matthew Naismith, a guy we loved last week. He was in my higher stakes lineup. He got us through the cut. He was one of our best value plays on Patreon. He paid us off. He's only $6,100 this week. His off the tee is not going to be good, but it's going to be right up there around Carlos Ortiz's and he has a better approach play. So his around the green is not good. Ortiz's is fine. So I prefer Ortiz to Naismith for $100 more, but they're both in my player pool. And then Sebastian Munoz is a guy who is right now at 6K flat. I'll put a yes by him. Wyndham Clark's down here. Vaughn Taylor. These are guys who are still interesting. Troy Merritt to an extent. Nick Taylor, all these guys. But I think Munoz is at least interesting because he's just $6,000 flat. He has been struggling to just make cuts at this point, but he made one last week. Munoz is a guy who can score when he makes the cut because of his birdie or better average. He actually made the cut last week and he finished 74th. So pretty much dead fucking last for him last week after his only other made cut was the Memorial since the restart pretty much. RBC, I think he made the cut there as well. Finished decently, but $6,000 flat. You know what you're getting out of him. Not a guy with the greatest made cut equity in this, but he's fine. He's like average when it comes to off the tee. He's average when it comes to his ball striking. If his putter's doing anything decent, which it has not, he's lost strokes putting in six straight events. But if you can capture that one week where he just goes neutral with the putter at $6,000 flat, he's going to be in a lot of winning lineups if he just makes the cut or at least a lot of high placing lineups because of how much he can score after that. Been a tough stretch for him, but I think $6,000 flat is really hard to ignore. So that's where I'm at right now. I hope you all enjoy it. I'll put it up to the 8K and above range right now. Please do before you go, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to support me on Patreon, whether you win $100,000 this weekend and want to, so this video helped you, you want to come back and support, you can do that link down below. Projections, rankings, a closing thoughts podcast on Wednesday. We've been doing bonus content with the round four showdown rankings. Don't know how much more longer we'll do those, hopefully until the NFL season starts, but six figures on Sunday. So you get more content for that as well. NBA projections and stuff every day for the playoffs right now. And then also go ahead, support our sponsors, Super Draft, 50% deposit match up to $1,000 and $10 free with promo code SAL, S-A-L. And Monkey Knife Fight, if you want five free bucks, just SAL NFL, S-A-L NFL. Let's know you came for me. If you deposit over there, you also get my draft guide. You also get an extra ticket. So all that stuff can be found down below. We just put in a big old work for this one. The playoffs have started. The yoffs have started, folks. Appreciate y'all being here and I'll see you in the next one. Like and subscribe before you go. Peace out, gang.